everyone. Hello, listeners. It's us. We're back. Two sisters. New year, do us. <laughs> two sisters, too fast, too furious, too... <laughs> two sisters, too fast, too furious. 2024. There you go. Too fast, too... Hey, have the McElroys decided on the theme of the year this year? I don't know. Okay. Uh, McElroys, uh, if you listen to our podcast, <laughs> write in. in. Tell us. Uh, this is it. This is the year we rip through Oathbringer and Rhythm of War to try and get ready for Wind and Truth. <laughs> this was originally called Knights of Wind and Truth. But now it's just what? What? <laughs> uh, so this week we read a bunch. We read Chapter 30, Mother of Lies. Chapter 31, Demands of the Storm. Chapter 32, Company and... Interludes one, two, and three. Ho 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 ho. So but many first, pages. my name is Megan, <laughs> <laughs> and I forgot how to do our podcast. My name is Megan, and I should be writing notes. My name is Emily, and I should be working on my book. But instead, instead, we're making a podcast. We're making a podcast. Okay, now Emily, at first brush, what did you think of these <gasps> chapters? They were tragic and terrible, and listen, and wonderful. I think. These might be my favorite chapter so far. I'm so glad. <laughs> Getting better all the time. Emily, who's back? Shalon and Kaladin. <laughs> Who is back in the story? Because you've been begging. Where is she? It's been 320 pages. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, maybe that wasn't as exciting for Emily as I thought. But listeners, I almost spoiled this for Emily she this did. week. Because I'd forgotten... That after our last reading, I just had her read Venley's interlude because mm-hmm. I wanted you to find out what happened to Ash and I. And in my brain, I was like, oh, if Emily knows what happens at the end of the interludes, that means she's read all the reading. And so we were re-listening to some of our Words of Radiance coverage. And you said, what is Yasna going to get back in the story? Or something like, Shalon never gets to talk to Yasna anymore after this. And I looked up and I said, well. And then I just stop talking for a while <laughs> and was like, I'm not going to say anything just in case. And I'm so glad I did it because Emily, who's back? Yes, no's <laughs> back, 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 back again, 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 baby. Did anyone come with her? Let me check. Well, Kaladin got back. I said him already. You did say him already. We were just, I was just seeing if it said anything about wit or not. No, it didn't. Doesn't look like it says anything about the people he who ran came away with like her. a coward because he's afraid of love. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Projection, what? Anyway, what? Uh, how dare you? That's the meanest thing you've ever said to me. Meaner than what I said. You didn't have a good imagination. <laughs> Emily, give the epigraph for chapter 30, Mother of Lies. Mother of Lies, listen to the words of a fool from Oathbringer Preface. So, these are some of your favorite chapters so far. Tell me why. Tell me about things. Okay. <sighs> I have so many thoughts. I'm trying to get them all into order. It feels like, especially with this being the end of part one... Brandon is starting to really dig into what I feel are going to be the themes. Tell me the themes. Well, okay. When I say themes, I mean like we're we're getting more into the mystery of the Midnight Mother. We're getting more into, you know, Kaladin, come fight with us. It doesn't have to be Parshendi versus or the, you know, the the listeners versus... The humans. humans. It can be the oppressed versus the oppressors. Like, we're getting into, like, deep, deep, like, theological almost sort of, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Not psychology. Questions? No. What people sit around and talked about all day in ancient Philosophy? Greece. Yes. Yasna's favorite thing? Yasna's favorite thing. And now she's back to talk about it with us! Mm-hmm. Hey, how's Shalon doing here at the end of part one? Um... She is in for a ride, I'm pretty sure. Because we left her on a cliffhanger last chapter. She touched the pillar. She touched the pillar. Tell me about what happens. So this is a sort of thing where Shalon has touched this midnight mother. Who is one of the... Spren. Un... Unknown. Unmade. (laughs) She's one of the... uh, Emily, it's the only thing in your notebook. (laughs) One of the unmade, which is a spread of odium. Yes. 
Um, <laughs> How do you keep forgetting this? Why do you keep shalonning the existence of the unmade? I'm so sorry. I am one of them, so. You're one of the unmade? One of the unmade. You are, according to our Discord. According to Discord. Oh, Hey, guys, we have a Discord. We have a Patreon. I'm going to tell Discord that we're recording right now and ask if they want to ask us any questions. Um, I'll give you the quick rundown before we get started. Uh, If you join our Patreon, it's www.patreon.com slash cismademebuit. $3 gets you into the Discord where you can chat with other like-minded fans. And Meg is texting them right now, letting them know we're recording and they can... You can ask questions and we will answer them after we're done recording. Tier 2 is friend of the pod, $7, and you get into the Discord, obviously, and you get all of your episodes early on Mondays. All the episodes come out early. And then... Tier 3 is honorary sibling, and you get to listen to the Super Secret Special Marvel feed. We have done everything in Phase 1, and we're into Phase 2 now. We just finished... Winter Soldier. Winter Soldier, the best one of them all. That one's coming out soon. So, uh, that's what Megan was talking about. So, Shalon has put her hand on this, and... What happens is she knows, she, like, learns and understands this thing almost immediately. Like, she can psychically bond to it. And I don't know if this is something that is just a Shalon radiant power that's going to come up or if this is something that will happen to anyone who touches uh, one of the unmade. But things start getting deep. And, and we learn just basically, I'll give you the quick rundown. This thing has been contained captured before before and it's afraid of it happening again and that's kind of like the overall arcane we're going to dig deep down into that as well the most interesting thing that happens here Mm -hmm. so we learn the name of the thing Mm -hmm. do you remember the name of the thing uh re it's not shelob sherpa that's so close (laughs) it's not so close it's re shafir re shafir yeah the spren tugged and prodded at Shalon's bond with pattern, seeking to rip it free <sighs> yeah. and insert herself instead. So you can bond with another spren, apparently. Well, it's trying to replace, like, yeah, it's trying to replace pattern. Yeah. It wasn't in addition to. No, I'm saying, because okay. um, this has kind of been brought up, maybe I asked the question or maybe we talked about it, that if Syl had left, could another spren come and bond with Kaladin? And the answer is yes. The answer is yes. But she doesn't want that to happen. Shalon doesn't want that to happen. And so she is, like, she's she's picturing Pattern and holding on to the humanoid form of him and just trying to not let him be taken away. Which yeah. Which was really, really sweet. It's nice. It's nice that Shalon appreciates her spread for a change. Yes. The thing was ancient. Created long ago as a splinter of the soul of something even more terrible Reshafir had been ordered to sow chaos, spawning horrors to confuse and destroy men. Over time, slowly, she'd become increasingly intrigued by the things she murdered. See, Almighty forbid women have hobbies. <laughs> <laughs> You're funny. <clears throat> I like to think so. So I found this interesting. Listen, I'm afraid that I'm going to just start just like talking and going deep into this and just I'm not going to apologize for it just so everybody knows. So it talks about it was created long ago as a splinter of the soul, which I find interesting. Yeah, that is pretty interesting. Because that's kind of what Shalon does to herself. Yeah. Is splinter off aspects of herself that like almost don't touch each other. Ooh. And so I'm almost wondering if that's why she understands her alone, Shalon, not as a radiant, but Shalon as a person, understands this unmade so well, mm-hmm. is if they, they just, like, connect and, like, have a, not a bond, not a bond, like, a, a radiant, but... What kind of bond is that? A nail bond. Yeah! Ah! High five! <laughs> Thank you. But I'm seeing, the cool thing is, I'm seeing... um seeds Brandon has planted um, where it talks about Shalon's like, well, this is like a creation spread, only kind of the opposite sort of a thing. And we have, if we've, if we're doing this right, quote unquote, we've got the, the heralds uh-huh. and then we have, you know, Odium and we've got 
we've got the opposite, like it's it's the opposite spectrum of each other. And we'll find this out later with um, some of the listeners that Kaladin runs into, that they seem to run on darkness rather than stormlight. And so I love that he's setting up that everything has like this complete equal and opposite exchange. And then he goes in and he's like, but here's some philosophical questions about the meaning of life as well. And I'm just like, Brandon, good heavens, sir. I love this book so much. So how does Shalon defeat the Midnight Mother? Does she explode her with magic? No. Um, she... I'm getting there. I thought you were looking for it. You fell silent, and I was like, I'm going to be helpful. I pointed the book. And Emily's like, self? <laughs> self? So basically, here's where Shalon gets the impression this creature has been um, captured before. It's terrified of it happening again. And we find out that it was done by someone similar to Shalon, mm-hmm. a light weaver. And she's terrified of this. And so Shalon kind of pushes that aspect of herself forward. Only, I don't even think it's really uh, an illusion because she says, Then growling, Shalon struck. She didn't attack like the prim, excitable girl who had been trained by cautious foreign society. She attacked like the frenzied child who had murdered her mother, the cornered woman who had stabbed Tin through the chest. She drew upon the part of her that hated the way everyone assumed she was so nice, so sweet. The part of her that hated being described as diverting or clever and just, like, shoves all of this at, like, like... Like a lion running down a gazelle, almost, sort of thing. And Ray Shapir, Shafir, Bolt, like, books it, mm-hmm. is gone. Like, down, like, a, another tunnel, like, uh-huh, deep. Uh-huh. Here's the thing where I'm just like, are you all stupid? They're like, let's post a guard at the whole... Yeah, a human guard. <laughs> I don't know what else they're supposed to do. I'm not making fun of them because... But I'm just saying... I almost wonder if this is them just, like, feeling better about it themselves. Because Shalon doesn't feel that... I don't think Shalon thinks that she will return mm-hmm. the thing. But uh, we find out the thing that the unmade had been hiding. The pillar in the exact center of the room. It was set with thousands upon thousands of cut gemstones, most larger than Shalon's fist. Together they were a treasure worth more than most kingdoms. Hey. Hey. Tell me about this sparkly... Bedazzled pillar. <laughs> I'm assuming it's either like some sort of power source, like a battery, and that's maybe what powers. I mean, like we we have to use gemstones to power the the oath gates, mm-hmm. but maybe this is what powers. Like it's a bigger battery that I don't know. I'm assuming it's important. That powers what? You never finish that sentence. The the not powers the oath gates, but like powers. Sorry, I'm trying to try, I'm trying to draw a circuit. So you got the battery, yeah. and it comes out, and here's uh-huh. the fame wheel for the oath gate, and then you have to activate that, and that's like the conduit. That, so you like, think it is a power source for just the oath gates? No, I'm sure it's bigger than that. What? I, <laughs> I need you to. Finish. I'm trying to work it out. <laughs> Give me five minutes. <laughs> Listen, when you edit this, you're gonna hear yourself say, "And I think it powers the." Like, it's something that can power the... And, and it could definitely be a power source for the... And I'm like, what? Who is that ghost? I'm going to help you out. Were you trying to say you're a theory? Yes. Okay. <laughs> well, Rafo, I guess. So, assuming that it powers that, I'm going to assume this isn't the only one. I'm thinking there's got to be more, but I don't think there are more unmade here because like as Shalon was going through this spren, for want of a better word, this spren's memories, she gets the, or maybe that's in the next chapter. Her spremeries. Spremery. Um, it might be in the next chapter, but just that there were others that escaped rather than were, were captured and held back like this mm-hmm. one was like, there's a sense of loss that might be in the next chapter. I apologize if I'm jumping ahead. So, in the middle of all of this, Shalon still keeps up the illusion that she's wearing a hava because she is actually wearing veil clothes. Mm-hmm. And why is she Can't... so dead set against Adel and knowing about veil? Oh, I. She just says, even after all of that, she didn't want Adolin to know of veil. She couldn't. And so I'm wondering if this is her being pre worried about if he knows about me, this part of me that I have not shared with him he's going to feel betrayed or something to that effect. Because Shalon is still 
we're still seeing some of that um, compartmentalization um, from her and everything else. Shalon, okay, I know you're not a fan of her as much. Yep, keep going. Okay. <laughs> she intrigues me just because I, I'm assuming she's going to get to a point where she can't compartmentalize anymore and she's going to be a mess. And I almost want that and I want to see who will stand with her when that happens. I want to see like who is a true friend, a true fiance, you know, that sort of thing. And so I'm just not that I want her to have a breakdown, but there's a breakdown coming, I'm pretty sure. All right. Yeah, we'll see. We'll get back to her in a second. Uh, let's talk about chapter 31. 31 was so good. It was so good. Read the epigraph. It says, if they cannot make you less foolish, at least let them give you hope. From Oathbringer Preface. All right. And and as is tradition, when we get to the end of this reading, I will read you the entirety of this Oathbringer Preface. Perfect. Thank you. Not yet. Stay tuned, listeners. It's a surprise tool that will help us later. (laughs) So the overarching plot of this chapter is Kaladin gets to... The listener's town, which used to be run by humans, but all the humans have been rounded up and put in a pen. And the it, it felt very much like Kaladin coming to the war camps as a slave because there's lines to go through. There are people to talk to. People are being assigned, hey, you're going to be in a special training group. You're going to be here, you know, that sort of thing. Kaladin ends up tipping his hand on purpose, revealing himself to be a radiant, and the fused, the dark listeners with the red eyes come after him, and Kaladin ends up uh, running from them, but then kind of doubling back to save the other humans that are left out. There's a, a, a high storm that comes. And just, again, so Kaladin has not been a secondary character but he hasn't had a lot to do lately. Mm-hmm. And we got another burst of Kaladin's... We saw, like, who Kaladin was at the core of him. The line came up again, you can't save everyone because people are getting pulled left and right into the storm. And he is just screaming at the storm father about, like, you can stop this. And and Kaladin's, like, find, figures out a new trick. He gains a new skill point. Yeah, he does. <laughs> Um, Opens up a new branch of a skill tree. mm -hmm. And so we'll get into that. But that's that's overall that's overall bit of this chapter. Can I show you Marie, one of Marie's paintings of a fuse? Yes. (gasps) Scurry. Now, you definitely saw a cool cosplay of this. I did. I was okay. Dragonsteel again. I'm so excited to read all of these. I don't really care about spoilers for the other Brandon books as much. I definitely care about spoilers for Stormlight. And there was someone walking around with this incredibly beautifully made costume. And, like, she, I'm assuming she was cosplaying Venley, long red hair, white and red marbled skin mm-hmm. with, like, anyway, she just looked incredible. Venley is not one of the fused. I'm so sorry. I was just talking about cosplay in oh, okay. general. Yeah. Here's one of the fused. Oh, it's scary. I would I would I would be afraid to run into that. But this is where Brandon starts getting into like the deep questions where like at one point um the because no one really knows the high storm is coming, so when it comes it's a surprise and then it looks like the parchment or excuse me, it looks like the listeners are just going to go take shelter themselves and Kaladin goes, "No." You have a moral obligation to take care of these people. Be better than them. They didn't take care of you very well, but you can take care of them. Like, kind of switching up, like, I'm going to throw out Hunger Games, you know, where... Okay, now now I'm worried that I'm going to make the wrong... Spoil Hunger Games for no. everyone! <laughs> the idea of... Uh, okay, it is. I'm going to spoil the ending of Hunger Games, okay? So just so skip ahead Stop if you... the podcast. No. <laughs> Go watch all four movies. <laughs> And then come back. I'm saying when they're trying at the end of Hunger Games, um, where they've taken over, they've taken over the, you know, what is it called? Capital. And they're trying to figure out what to do with everyone. And people are suggesting we're going to have, we're going to start the Hunger Games up again. But only this time we're going to take the Capital kids and put them in the arena. And Katniss is like, what the F? 
Like, this isn't... No! But Katniss votes yes. She does? Yeah. Do you not remember the ending of the... Maybe I'm thinking of PETA. Is PETA the one that... PETA's the one who's like, what the F? There we go, there we go. PETA says no. Joanna says yes. Annie says no. If BD's alive, he says no. Katniss says yes. Then Hamish says yes. And Joanna says yes. Basically, Katniss is playing nice because... She's like, if I get to kill Snow in front of everybody, then yes. Then yes, yeah. Um, so that idea of, like, how far back do you go? Because, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to find this part and read it. Kaladin and Syl have this amazing conversation about what is right and what is perceived right. Because Cal brings up again what is right. Because so far it seems that it, it depends on what Syl thinks is right. Yeah. And he keeps asking her all these questions, and she's like, I don't know. He's like, yeah, you don't. It's it's your perceived perception of, of right honor. Yeah. yeah. And so... I can't help but feel a kinship to them, Syl. They conquered the city. They're void bringers. No, they're people. And they're angry with good reason. Yeah, he talks about that's how he felt with Elokar, and then... Sil's like, but you changed your mind about Elokar. And he's like, did I? Did I find what was right? Or did I just finally agree to see things the way you wanted? Killing Elokar was wrong. And the parchment on the Shattered Plains that I killed, murdering them wasn't wrong. You were protecting Dalinar, who was assaulting their homeland, because they killed his brother. Which, for all we know, they did this because they saw how King Gavilar and his people treated the parchment. And so, like, you you can just keep going back to who yeah. attacked who and who did what and who was wrong here. But you're not going to find the one single thing that started it all and be able to punish that person. Yep. And although what we have seen so far, especially in Dalinar's flashbacks in this book versus Eshenai's flashbacks in the last book, mm-hmm. the Alethi are not the good guys here. No. Yeah. No, they're not. Which is a turnaround from what we thought. In book one, like you just said. Yep. So, I just, I love this idea of honor and justice and what is right and can you stop it and, and can it, you be a good person. And it means different things to different people. It's different things to different people. So, Moash was right. Moash was kind of dumb. And Zeth was very wrong. No, he was betrayed. No! <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> He was betrayed by his people who yes. declared him truthless, but he shouldn't have killed all those people and that was wrong. Okay, yes. But and, he, and <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> We're not gonna again. do this again. We're gonna wait to see if we ever read about Zeth again and we'll worry about it then. If it ever happens. If it ever happens. <laughs> we were listening to us in Words of Radiance this week and there's a bit where I yelled at the phone, I was like, Megan! Stop bringing that up. <laughs> uh, and so Brandon has done, in my opinion, a wonderful job of showing both sides. Because sometimes you get a book and the author clearly is like, this is the right side and this is who we're going to root for. And there's no nuance and there's no, you know, deeper meaning. And now Brandon has me just going like, ooh, 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 I don't know, you know? Yeah. Especially Kaladin, from what we've seen so far, Kaladin talking with that group of parchment who are like, you are not the same as us, Mm -hmm. Kaladin. Like, I'm sorry that you've spent three years being a slave, but generations of slavery is different. Is very different. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I found it interesting because it has affected his life. I'm I'm agreeing with you. I'm not I'm not coming around to disagree, but it being a slave has affected Kaladin so deeply that at one point he realizes it's time to go because he's seen a fused and he's like, I don't want to be here anymore. Kaladin couldn't know if she recognized him as a radiant, but he had no intention of waiting until she arrived. He'd been planning. The old slave's instincts had already decided upon the easiest way out. It was on Ken's belt. Yeah, he just sucks in all the stormlight and like boom. Like, raises up and glory spread come out. And I'm like, Kaladin, you're feeling yourself. Look at you go. Zoom, zoom. <laughs> what comes? The high storm. Yep. Yeah. How does that go? Not good. Oh, dear. Again, Kaladin calls on the storm father and everything stops. 
But everything stops. And Kaladin, like, he's, like, he's not even lashed in the air anymore. He's, like, standing on the air because it's solid. And they have, again, this great... <laughs> Stormfather's like, what do you want? <laughs> this great conversation about Kaladin's kind of like, you need to spare these people or, like, let them get in or, you know, just something. And Stormfather's like, why? Yeah! No, I don't. <laughs> I'm a storm. They should get out of my way. <laughs> exactly. Still later talks about it. She says that's like asking, talking to the Stormfather and asking him to do that is like telling fire to stop being hot. Yeah. Like that's the essence of what this yeah. spren is. Um, yeah. But we've got Fused coming after Kaladin with the idea of like there's like darkness around them. Oh, I'm going to just say it right now. Soup's worried about them. Oh yeah, Soup's worried, huh? Because like they're they're going after Kaladin, and Kaladin's watching them kind of bob around, not sure of how to do it. And he's like, "That reminds me of when I was practicing." So like, they're gonna get better. They're gonna get better. They're gonna get better, and they're gonna come after this, and it's not gonna be good. Maybe. Who knows? Not me. <laughs> it's a lie. Who knows? So the scene where Kaladin saves everyone mm-hmm. really reminded me of when we were watching Iron Man 3 <laughs> and he's saving everyone during yes, the skydiving scene. Yes. That's what it felt like is mm-hmm. he like he couldn't turn the storm away, but he got these people to help each other. Yes. And that's what Kaladin has always been best at mm-hmm. is giving hope to people. Listen, characterization left and right, up and down, backwards and forwards. And he's, you know, encouraging them to work together and reach a common goal. Yep. So as an apology for not stopping the storm, what did the Stormfather give Kaladin on the way after? The EAC. The EAC. <laughs> Just kind of floats along. Because <laughs> earlier in the chapter, Kaladin's like, Syl, how do we get back to your hero? And she's like, I don't know. And he's like, you don't know? But the, they find their way back. So Kaladin is back at Urethiru. Mm-hmm. Finally. Finally. Freaking finally. Was he already gone when the book started? I... On the way to Hearthstone? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. he was. So Oof. he's finally back after 323 pages. Amazing. Amazing. Give me the epigraph for Chapter 32 Company. All right. For I, of all people, have changed. All right. From well, Oathbringer Preface. Shalon is chilling, getting tea... Comforting tea brought to her by Polona. Okay, because there's still a chill from uh-huh. when, when she touched the, the spren, and I think a mark has been left upon her. Oh. But I also think a mark has been left upon the spren from Shalon. So can you bond two sprens? Can you... Can you bond two spren at once? Yeah. I know you can be... Well, I don't know this. I would assume you can be friends with more than one spren at a time. <laughs> <laughs> We don't know because none of the radiants are talking to each other. other. <laughs> but uh, all right, we'll see. We'll see because because Rishafir tried to replace the bond that Shalon had mm-hmm. with Pattern, and mm-hmm. you were suggesting that maybe Rishafir has started a second bond that Shalon has to spread at once. Yeah, or just like maybe not even a yes. What? Because um, that first interaction with Rishafir has been very reminiscent. Of the initial interactions when Kaladin was first getting to know Syl mm-hmm. or Shalon was first getting to know Pattern. Yeah. So what would a what would one of our main characters bonding one of the unmade look like, do you think? Um uh, Okay, there's several ways this could go. Either one very good, <laughs> where if they could see into like I think Shalon would be the best suited for this because or Yasna, because they have she, they have a scholar's eye, and if they can still, if there's still like that two way connection, maybe you have to be touching. I don't know, but if there's still that two way connection, they'd be able to learn things about the desolations, learn things about the other unmades. But at the same time, I would be worried that the unmade would be able to kind of like get in and like subconsciously make decisions. Mm-hmm. For the other person, like like point them kind of in a different direction. What could one of Shalon's altars? <gasps> I was gonna ask that, Megan. Oh, okay. What do you think? I think it's very possible. Okay, I think Shalon has such a 
powerful imagination. <laughs> so good. Best imagination of this podcast. That I think it would be incredibly easy and incredibly uh, totally a thing that could happen if Vale got a hold of it or if Brightness Radiant, if she mm-hmm. had. But if you can you bond two spren of two different kinds? Can she have an honor spren? And Maybe it, she can only have two of the same kind. Okay. But what if you could have more? But what if you could have more? <laughs> Rayful? Uh Tell you what, if we finish all the published books, you should ask Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, here's the thing. I did I did skip ahead. Um, it's all right. We can, we can fold back. We're a casual, <laughs> we're a casual Cosmere podcast. To think it was here all this time, Polona said, hiding down there. She was captive, Shalon whispered. She eventually escaped, but that was centuries ago. She has been waiting here ever since. Well, we should find where the others are held and make sure they don't get out. I don't know if the others were ever captured. She'd felt isolation and loneliness from Ray Shafir, a sense of being torn away while the others escaped. So, this whole thing about she eventually escaped, that was centuries ago. She's been waiting here ever since. I don't know if we're going to run into an altar of Shalon's. Okay. That she doesn't even know about. Okay. If she starts skipping time again, I'm going to assume... Every time it goes dot, 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 <laughs> that's... Okay. Just, I feel that she has a lot more in common with this spren than anybody else. And I'm wondering, mm-hmm. is there a circular chart for the unmade versus the radiant spren? And can we, like, connect the dots? We can't connect them perfectly because there are ten... Uh, of the heralds, ten orders of radiance, and there are only nine. Nine. Got it. So either somebody doesn't have one, or it just fits in all the empty spaces. Rafa. Oh, but but now we know that an unmade can be captured. Yes. Emily, what? How? What do you think Ray Shafir was held in? How do you think she was captured? Okay. How do you solve a problem like the unmade? <laughs> I'm going to come around, but come back full circle. So this felt like, it felt familiar with mm-hmm. the other heralds going to hell and being held there until it was time to break out. And so We're I'm... breaking a... free! <laughs> Soarin'! Flying! Um, <laughs> now that there's town where the light of honor don't reach. Where is he? We don't know. But do you remember who was hanging out with him at the end of the last book? Dalinar. No. Yes. No. End of the last book? Well, I mean, Amiram was there. Back. Oh, he doubled back. He. Oh, shoot. Do I... you remember a poison blow dart? Yes. Okay. I do. Okay. I, do. <laughs> I was like, wait a second. What I, am I doing? I thought Dalinar had like taken him and was going to bring him to your Thiru, but Amiram came. Amiram came, was in Talon's room. There was a poison dart. Town saved Amaram's life from the poison dart. And then went back into his, like, yeah. mumble, mumble, mumble. Yeah, and Amaram's mumble. like, I'm going to help you out. So the we don't know where they are, I'm but good. the last person who saw Town, the last person who was on the page with Town <laughs> was Amaram. But hey, Amaram's here now, so we're still <sighs> stupid man. I'm going to assume that Town is in Sadius's war camps. Okay. Eerily... Nope. Irulai. It's called Eurythiru. Stop it. <laughs> Irulai is too savvy to let something like that go. Unless Amaram hasn't told her. Did I say her name wrong? Eli. Eli. Blast it all. Um, is too savvy to let something that, I say she precious, valuable. Bright Lady Savius. <laughs> <laughs> so... Oh my gosh. <laughs> she talks about how she feels like an adult. I finally am all grown up. I'm 18 years old. That between Vale, Radiant, and Shalon, she could deal with anything that is thrown at her. She's an average 40-year-old. <laughs> no. She's an average 18-year-old. No, the age is altogether average out. No. They they don't average to 40 because you'd have to Let add them all together joke. and then divide by three. Joke. You're going to make me math have... accurate jokes. I can't do that. <laughs> don't ask that of me. You should say they have a combined age of 40. Okay. And actually they have a combined age of 64. 54. Combined age of 54. Do math right. I am working on it. 
but they do not have an average age because the average is all of the ages added together and then divided. I know by... how that works. Do you? I was making a joke. <laughs> okay, well, now that we've workshopped it, now I need you to say they have a combined age. They have a combined age of 54. <laughs> TV shows have writer's rooms so you can, you know, make jokes together. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, is back! Yes, is back! Where's Wit? He's not there! Boo. Well, I guess your ship's dead. I don't want it to be, though. Okay. Well, (laughs) just because I said so. Uh, Before we get into the. Interludes. Interludes. Do you want to read it all to me? Uh, yeah, but before that, before that, Yasna's back. Mm-hmm. What does that mean for Shalon? What's their vibe going to be now? Um, Shalon is going to have to stand up to Yasna at one point because Shalon is not the scholar. She's not the, the student anymore. She is a radiant. She's she's on equal terms with Yasna. I mean, Yasna's a princess. Okay, let's be, let's be honest. But they're both radiants. They mm-hmm. both have spren. Mm-hmm. Uh... Shalon has done a lot of really cool stuff. Mm-hmm. Shalon has kind of taken Yasna's spot mm-hmm. in the family dynamics, I think. Ooh, yeah. Um, I think Yasna was only gone for like three or four months, though. And if you were 34 <laughs> and you had the 17-year-old that was your intern uh-huh. and you took a three-month break and you go back to work and the intern's like, I am now the dean of Radiant Studies. How would you feel about that? <laughs> I hate it. Maybe she'll get the assassin to take her <laughs> Okay, we'll see. Well, like, I think Shalon is going to fall back into the Yasna so much, like, cooler than me. Because, let's face it, Yasna is cooler Yasna's than everybody. Yasna cooler than all of us. But I think, I hope Yasna is a little flexible in that, like... Famously so. Oh, <laughs> shoot. I did forget about that. Um, where, like, Shalon, it's not her ward anymore. Yeah. Uh, so maybe Shalon doesn't have to do what Yasna says. We'll see. So, especially when she has such a handsome fiancé. That Yasna picked out for her. Yeah. Yasna gave her an evelyn. <gasps> no, she can't take him away. What if he loves her so much that he... We'll find he out. He defies family... Conventions then and he they... meets Vale and he's no. like, oh <laughs> no, don't ruin this for me, don't, don't, don't. I'm not doing anything. This is just like the time I was like, <laughs> what if one of Delinor's kids oh, died? And he no, cried. I did cry. Uh, so I'm gonna read you the Oathbringer preface. Okay, I'm ready. I am certain some will feel threatened by this record. Some few may feel liberated. Most will simply feel that it should not exist. I needed to write it anyway. I know that many women who read this will only see it as further proof that I am the godless heretic everyone claims. Mm -hmm. I can point to the moment when I decided for certain this record had to be written. I hung between realms, seeing into Shadesmar, the realm of the Spren, and beyond. I thought that I was surely dead. Certainly, some who saw farther than I did thought I had fallen. I did not die. I experienced something worse. The moment notwithstanding, I can honestly say this book has been brewing in me since my youth. The sum of my experiences has pointed at this moment, this decision. Perhaps my heresy stretches back to those days in my childhood where those ideas began. I ask not that you forgive me, nor that you even understand. I ask only that you read or listen to these words. In this record, I hold nothing back. I will try not to shy away from difficult topics or paint myself in a dishonestly heroic light. I will express only direct, even brutal truth. You must know what I have done and what those actions cost me. For in this comes the lesson. It is not a lesson I claim to be able to teach. 
Experience herself is the great teacher, and you must seek her directly. You cannot have a spice described to you, but must taste it for yourself. However, with a dangerous spice, you can be warned to taste lightly. I would that your lesson may not be as painful as my own. I am no storyteller to entertain you with whimsical yarns. I am no philosopher to intrigue you with piercing questions. I am no poet to delight you with clever allusions. I have no doubt that you are smarter than I am. I can only relate what happened, what I have done, and then let you draw conclusions. I will confess my murders before you. Most painfully, I have killed someone who loved me dearly. I will confess my heresy. I do not back down from the things I have said, regardless of what ardents demand. Finally, I will confess my humanity. I have been named a monster and do not deny those claims. I am the monster that I fear we can all become. So sit back, read or listen to someone who has passed between realms. Listen to the words of a fool. If they cannot make you less foolish, at least let them give you hope. For I, of all people, have changed. From Oathbringer, preface. What if the person she murdered was Ivory? That would be very sad. Yeah, because everyone keeps saying, you're going to murder your spread. Hey, that's true. But when has Yasna ever done something that someone's told her to do? Ooh. Ooh. All right. That was a long preface. Yeah. Imagine how long the actual <laughs> book is. All right, let's get into these interludes. Let's do it. So these are the interludes for Puli, Elista, and Venli. Yay. Hey, what'd you think of the interludes? They were enchanting. All right. Not Tom. not Venli's. I'm so sorry. Not <laughs> Venli's. But Puli and Estelle. Wait. Elista. Elista. Could be Puli. Tell me about Puli. He is wonderful. I love him. I hope he comes back. What's his job? He is a lighthouse minder. I don't know if there's an actual word Keeper? for it. Yeah, there you go. Um, so the, the high storm has come through, and everyone is weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth, and Puli is trying to do his very best to not show his absolute glee at this. He's, like, going through and collecting wood from everyone who's just mourning everything, and you find out that he um, he's brought it all to the defiance um, and she said she stood for over a hundred years and Kalek hadn't decided to knock her down. The Stormfather knew how important she was, but you find out that he has been waiting for something like this, like a sign for this almost. Mm -hmm. He looked over the cliffs to the east. His family was a lot like the lighthouse themselves, squat, short, but powerful and enduring. They'll come with light in their pockets, Grandfather had said. They'll come to destroy, but you should watch for them anyway, because they'll come from the origin, the sailors lost on an infinite sea. You keep that fire high at night, Puli. You burn it bright until the day they come. They'll arrive when the night is darkest. Surely that was now with a new storm. Darkest night's a tragedy. So Puli is Natan. Do you know what that means he looks like? He has the blue... Skin. Yes, he does. Yes, There's a picture. Look at, he's adorable. Who did that? So this artwork is by Botanical. How do you spell it? B-O-T-A-N-I-C-A-X-U. Botanicaxu. Who has done a lot of a lot of stormlight art. That's pretty good. Um but yeah, they his family apparently has been waiting for this. And that's why they keep the lights going. Nice. Which I love that. I love that idea of like, so his family has had traditions passed down for generations and he has felt he needs to keep those traditions. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> Good thing this tradition just helps people <laughs> and guides their way on a dark and stormy sea. Now, if his family tradition was murdering people, I don't think that's a good tradition to keep. Do you? No, no. I I saw a word of Brandon this week, an older one that made me laugh and think uh -huh. of you. Okay. So very, very early on, a fan asked Brandon, if what if I, in front of Zeth, what if I crushed up his oath stone and snorted it? Would he still have to follow me? And Brandon says, okay, but here's the thing. Yes, he would, but you have to realize he's not a very balanced individual. <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah. I just I I enjoyed this character. It's it's literally two three pages long, and you get a sense of who this character is immediately. Mm-hmm. Like Brandon gets in there, establishes what's happening, establishing how the character feels about it. And, like, it's so fun to read a character who feels the opposite of how everybody else is Mm -hmm. feeling because that's, you know, new and interesting enough that you're going to sit up and take a look. Um, Same thing happens, actually, in Interlude 2 with Alista. Alista? Yeah, Alista. She is just trying to read her bleepity bleeping (laughs) book. I heard what was coming out of your mouth. I empathize with this poor, poor woman. She just wants to read. And it said her stupid sister is making her do a podcast (laughs) over the course of three Three years. years. She could have easily read all four books by now. (laughs) But had chosen not to, so this is my own fault. But the other Ardents at this place are arguing about the trees. Are they going to hold? I mean, the, the high storm is a problem. And this Ardent is just like, I just want to read my book. And so she sneaks off. The thing is, it's not even like, I'm studying this great work of literature. I'm studying this thing. It's, hey, I'm reading a romance and I really want to know who he chooses. <laughs> and I loved that. I love that. I love that Brandon takes up again, turns it on their heads. But then, just so we don't think that she's kind of, I say, okay, let me just say this. So we don't think she's vapid. Another ardent comes and says, hey, I need what you were working on earlier. And then they have a conversation about how gifted she is at what she's she does. She's very good at language, especially the Dawn chant, mm-hmm. which they have been able to really make headway on based on... Thanks to old Navani Colin. Yeah. She calls her Old Navani Colin. She's in her 40s or 50s. Ah! And this girl is like, what, 20? I don't know, but just like, I, I feel like, I feel like that's not a good idea. Okay. <laughs> that she can hear you no matter where <laughs> she She's is. always watching. <laughs> but the interesting thing is they, um, the, the two artists go off together to do more, um, Translating. Thank you. Translating. And what does he promise to give her in exchange for help? The sequel. The sequel. We have a sister (laughs) who's just been recommended a book by her friend. Yes. And not only is it the first book in a series where none of the rest have come out yet, but it's an ARC. It's an advanced reader's copy. So, like, the sequels are not going to be coming out for (laughs) years. And she's like, I can't believe my friend would do this to me. Um, I love that Brandon threw this in because I feel like this is... This is definitely a Brandon humor. Um, I have a copy of the sequel. There's a sequel about her sister. The mousy one? She is elevated to courtly attention and has to choose between a strapping naval officer, a Thalen banker, and the king's wit. Wait, there are three different men this time? Sequels always have to be bigger, he said. Well, I love that. The sequel's about her sister? Mm -hmm. Because who is the... Who's going to be the recurring point of view character for it's Benley? It's the sister. Because Emily, where's Uh, Ashenai? She's dead. She died. She's just dead. You remember how I made a joke? You make a lot of jokes. (laughs) So when we were doing Words of Radiance, sorry, we've we've just re-listened to Words of Radiance coverage prepping for this. Uh, I said that maybe after Ashenai went off the cliff, she hit the ground hard enough for the bad spread to pop right out of her. I'm very proud of that one. So Venli is discovering that this spren she has bonded to is not what she expected. Yeah. Like, at all. Where Venli keeps saying, no, you're supposed to listen to me. You're the servant. Like, it's very interesting that uh, this is coming from a listener. And I don't blame her because now she's finally elevated to the position of master. Well, like she's, uh, Esh and I was in a position of power before. Mm -hmm. Yes. She was the leader of all the armies and she was a trusted member of the five. And, Mm -hmm. and now Venley, Venley's the big, I was going to say big horse on campus. That's how it is. (laughs) Big man on campus. In the hospital. (laughs) Venley's a big man on campus. Yeah. And she mentioned several times that how much she enjoys this new form and that she will probably never take it off. 
Mm-hmm. I this whole chapter was beautiful. I loved everything about it. But like the the spread, his name is Yulim. Hold on, Yulim. Yeah. And how she's mad because she's like, I'm supposed to be in charge, but they haven't told us anything. Like we're the ones that made all of this happen, and so she's feeling betrayed. I feel like, and this all comes to a head when. They're like, we found your sister, and she runs over, and her sister's sitting there, you know, and, you know, Venley's like, I am, I, I'm so worried about you, and she reaches out and realizes that it's not her, really her sister anymore, it's a corpse. Yep. And Ulim is just like, woohoo! We got the plate We got and the, the plate, plate and the blade! And that's what he was looking for, not for Eshenai herself, because yeah. Eshenai was not considered an asset. No. Oh, wait, you thought she was alive? Ah, looks like she drowned in the storm's floodwaters, Ulam said, making a sound like a tongue clicking, rammed the sword into the stone, held onto it to stay in place, but couldn't breathe. Yeah. So it wasn't the fall that killed her. No. And then Venli attunes an older rhythm, a rhythm of the lost. Not one of these new superior rhythms that she's been given now that she's changed, but Mm -hmm. one of the old rhythms that, that fit best. Yeah. Ulim is weird. Yeah. I do not like him. Tell me about Ulim. Okay, we need to talk about Ulim, and we need to talk about the other Spren that were in the camps where Kaladin was that yeah. he couldn't see. Yeah, and then when he did, did he ever see her? Okay. They talk to the Spren at one point. One of the one of the officers is talking to the heir to something that Kaladin can't see. And that's when they're, that's when the the officer was like, take this human and put him with the other humans. And his listener friends were like, no, no, he's on our side. And they're like, okay, you need permission to do all these things. You know, that sort of thing. It was very bureaucratic. Anyways, found that interesting that uh, um, just there's two different spren. There's two different kinds of spren. There's more than that. But there are two sides <laughs> of spren. Yeah. But Ulim is weird because he's like, well, let's get that plate off, kids. Like, like ugh, it's so jarring and so gross because... Here is a family member that has fallen, and he's just like, she wasn't good enough. Let's just move on. Yeah, and like all of the spren that we've met so far have started kind of intellectually very young. Yeah. Forgotten everything about their life before. Yes. And have just slowly remembered. Mm-hmm. And now it seems like we've got a spren who remembers a lot. Like when Benley talks about, we've been fighting this war for six years, Ulam's like, oh. Do you want to guess how long I've been fighting? Mm-hmm. Emily, how long do you think Ulam's been fighting? Well, he says, um, do you have memories and experiences that ex- that span eons? So a long time. Yeah. Our leaders, Ulam said, know exactly what they're doing. Them I obey. But I am the one who escaped. The spread of redemption. I don't have to listen to you. Yeah. Who? And hey, Emily... What did Eshenai want to kill Gavilard to prevent? Um, specifically, but it does say it. Where is it? Right after specifically, which I thought oh. you said because it was <laughs> italicized. Specifically to keep us from returning. He's talking about you, Lim. Your people are traitors, though your personal efforts do you justice. You may be blessed further if you are wise. So do you remember what Eshenai was trying to prevent? The return <gasps> of? These guys! Oh, and her what did they sister them? brought them back. What they're did, gods. They're gods. Let's, who are the gods of the listeners? Is it Odium? Oh, no. Are they like... Rafe-odium. They're Odium's <laughs> kids? Like, Rafe-o. like Anyway, Venli thinks she will be a queen. And then Ulim says, if you survive, maybe. Oh. So... The listeners take in a spren in order to change. And obviously, these spren that they have taken in have really changed them. And the way in the last book, there was something kind of like screaming inside Eshenai trying to get out. Mm -hmm. We see the grief inside Venli trying to break through Mm -hmm. throughout this chapter. Yeah. And do you know what that kind of reminds me of? What? Uh, Shallan trying to break through when she's got a different aspect who's currently in control of the system. I love that. Mm. That's really great. So I apologize, listeners. I may be asking some really dumb questions in just a second. We've been reading these books for three years. It's okay (laughs) if you don't remember anything. 
The spren they specifically took in were... Storm spren. Storm spren. Okay. Red lightning spren that Syl was spotting all through the second book. And mm-hmm. she's like, I don't like those. I mm-hmm. don't know what they are. But they bonded with them. They're internal. Yes. Like wrapped around their heart or whatever. Just, or like... Possibly. <laughs> you don't know anything about I don't how. know anything about how it Okay. Yep. Very faux. Um, but interestingly enough... They need to take the plate off. Yep. But that's like huge taboo, touching the bodies. And they say something interesting. Touching the bodies of the fallen was taboo. The old song spoke of days when humans had hacked apart listener corpses searching for gem hearts. Yep. Do they have? Yep. (gasps) Shut up. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, yeah. You guys have one point off mic. No, it was on mic and I had to delete it. But now I'm going to admit it. I blabbed to Emily that Parshendi have gem hearts. Mm-hmm. And Meg was like, yeah, we talked about this before. I'm like, no, we haven't. She goes, of course we have. <laughs> and then she proceeds to keep lecturing me on it. And I'm sitting there going, this is brand new information. Because I thought in Eshenai's, I thought Eshenai talked about it in her interludes. Mm-hmm. That like a lot of things that live, especially on the western edge of Roshar, the listeners have gem hearts. It was very interesting information. I'm not sad that I know that. Well, now it's <laughs> it's listed on the now page. Now it's canon. Canon. Now you know. Now let's talk about Weird Spren. Weird Spren. Because, um, okay, this part. A sister saying goodbye to a sister. Really got me choked up. Because I have several sisters. And I love them all very dearly. And she tells her sister... Finally, I don't have to listen to you call me a fool. I don't have to worry about you getting in the way. I can do what I want. That terrified her. Like, the idea of, not that Venley was holding her back, but Venley was keeping her in check. He's holding me back! <laughs> and and the idea that that Venley was the one to do the thing that Esh and I was trying to stop just adds on a whole nother beautiful, tragic layer to the story that I love so much. She turned to go, but paused as she saw something. What was that small spren that had crept out from beneath Eshenai's corpse? It looked like a small ball of white fire. It gave off little rings of light and trailed a streak behind it like a comet. What are you? Venley demanded to spite. Shoo. Mm-hmm. What kind of spren is that? Okay, so here's my, here's my guess. Okay. I don't want to say it's... Eshenai's soul. Okay. But at one point, Yulim says, uh, regardless, get that armor off your sister, shed your tears, and get ready to climb back up. These plateaus are crawling with men who stink of honor. We must be away and see what your ancestors need us to do. So do, uh, I mean, it hasn't been mentioned before, and Venli obviously doesn't know what this is, but the idea that you can talk to your ancestors... If you find the right spren who have survived, the souls of the of the listeners? I don't know. Or was it some sort of strange spren that was merely attracted to the emotions that Venli's feeling? Because also, when the chasm fiend dies uh-huh. that Kaladin and Shalon take care of, doesn't a weird spren crawl out of it? Uh, there are several odd spread around Chasm Fiends. Uh, that they don't know what it is. That Yeah, they don't, the characters don't know what it is. So, all right. Do you know what? Rayfo. Rayfo. Rayfo on that. Um, I guess we'll get more Venley by the time we get to the next interludes in part two. So, we're going to get into part two. Woo-hoo-hoo-hoo. New beginnings sing. And the point of view characters are Shalon. Yes. Yasna. Yes! Dalinar. <gasps> Bridge four. Yes! We are going to get, spread throughout the sequence, assorted point of view chapters from many bridge four characters. And it's sort of like, there's a lot of interludes. And I really, really like them. And I think you're going to love them too. So, uh, also to answer listener questions, we didn't get a lot of listener questions. (laughs) I posted, hey, we're recording the podcast right now. Put in questions. So technically... The one question we got is Priscilla said, <laughs> which podcast? <laughs> and Priscilla, to answer your question, it's Oathbringer. Um, but no, I said, 
Oh, yeah, we're recording Oathbringer 30 through Interlude 3. Roswell is completely done. No more Roswell. And then everybody just started talking about the best foods <laughs> they've ever eaten in Roswell, New Mexico. Wait, wait. Skeptical Mario says you could still record about the Roswell episode of Futurama. There's a Roswell episode and of I Futurama. And I said, no, we couldn't. Yes, we can. Stop. That's Let the me secret, enjoy my freedom. That's the secret season four. That no! You can... <laughs> no! Let me get out of here. Bullrog22 says we should drive to Roswell and eat at the UFO McDonald's. I Pris- do that. Yep. Priscilla had the best steak of her life in Roswell. <gasps> Send us the re- the recipe. <laughs> Send us the restaurant. Maybe we'll go there one day. And then Bullrog said that for tennis trips in high school, uh, they all went to Furs, F-U-R-R-S. So I guess we're going to have a Roswell food trip? Yes, to celebrate You'll never Commemorate. <laughs> you guys, I'm never going to escape Roswell. No. Did we tell everybody what happened? <gasps> so we recorded the last two episodes, and I'm like, that's it. I'm done. I'm it free. Was, it was the day we'd recorded for, like, 12 hours. We did, like, several so many. everything. Oathbringer, Roswell, just... Marvel. Mar- yeah. yeah. Well, it turned out there was something weird with the connection of how my mic was talking to my computer, and my... Files were all there, but all of my voices had weird jump skips and like starts with them. Garbles. Like, like if I was saying, "This is Roswell," it would come through. This it is is Roswell. Uh, this is it it well. And so, what I just did, and she's amazing. You should go listen through. Is I just put my headphones on, and I hit play on the corrupted file, and I. On a one-second delay, just repeated everything I said. She, it sounds, it just, it sounds great. You I'm did an it. actor. <laughs> Acting. Anyway, uh, song for this week. Mm-hmm. Boom, crash. This is <laughs> sound of my heart. The beat goes on and on and on and on and on. Boom, crash. Okay, for in honor of poor Esh and I, it wasn't the fall that killed her. It was the water. Um, and Emily, because this year we are going to try and get through both Oathbringer and Rhythm of War, mm-hmm. I'm going to bump us up to four chapters wow. a thing. Okay. So we will be reading chapter 33, A Lecture. Okay. Chapter 34, Resistance. Chapter 35, First Into the Sky. And chapter 36, Hero. Also, we forgot to do Harold, so I get was back wonder- in the book. I wasn't going to let you go without it. I was going to let you know. Get that- <laughs> back in there. Look at these Harolds. That's too far. All right. Who's on chapter 30? Mother of Lies. So we've got four Shalashes. Yep. Obviously, because Shalon's the best in this whole chapter. What she does. And what does Shalash represent? Dedication? You've never asked me this before. You yeah. always just told me. I don't know. Okay, okay. Maybe that could be your goal for oh, no. Shalash is about being creative. Being creative. And honest. And honest. Creative Whoa, and honest. Sounds... Not like Shalash. Halfway like Shalash. <laughs> and she is the patron of the... Lightweavers. Yep. Um, I want to throw something out there. How cool it is that Shalon started her journey... With being a liar to Yasna. And now she's a professional now liar. Now she's a professional liar. I love it. I love it. Consistency. All right, 31. Demands of the storm. We've got two Yezrians. Yep. And Yezrian is the patron of the? The Windrunners. Yeah. And he is about protecting. Protecting. And leading. Leading. I'm just going to say Kaladin. this. Okay, yes. Especially in this chapter. Yeah. Oh, Okay. This one is different. So for company, this is the herald with the headband. Mm-hmm. Is it um, Chichen? No. Pa- Chichenerich has the helmet. Helmet. Pala has the hair going in all directions. Like Storm. A. I don't know. That's, That's a language. B. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. A. B. A. B. Barbara. Yes. The herald Barbara. Batar. <laughs> Batar is the patron saint of the... Ooh. Um, not Renarins. Not Renarins. Not Dalinars. Not Dalinars. The Elks Callers? Uh-huh. Ah, yes. And that's probably because who comes back? Yes, no. 
Yasna's back. I was about to say, we haven't seen, we hardly see Batar. She's not yeah. here very often. And Batar's about being wise mm-hmm. and careful. Okay. All right. Now, there were actually heralds in the interludes, so jump in there, too. Okay. Um, Puli is the helmet one, so that's Chichenarach. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Chichenarach is about being brave and... Determined? Obedient. Obedient. Well, that's that's him. He's being obedient. Mm-hmm. And she is the patron of the Dustbringers. We don't know much about Dustbringers. Do we know any Dustbringers? We know a Dustbringer. Is it a Teravangian? Yes. All right. So Pooley is like, I kind of like this storm. It's great that a bunch of stuff is being wrecked for me, personally. <laughs> Maybe that feels a little dust colory. Dustbringery. And then Alista... The woman with the hair going everywhere. Paula. Paula. So none of these have been mixed up. It's all been... All been single heralds per yeah. chapter. Uh, Paula's attributes are about being learned and giving. And what? She is the uh, truth watchers. Okay. So that is... Renarin. Renarin's. Love that boy. When do we see him again? Probably never. Stop it. Maybe he'll be a Bridge 4 point of view character. Because <gasps> he's in Bridge 4. He is. If he is not, I'm going to flip a table. <laughs> Great. That's why we record in a room with no tables. <laughs> and the last one, we have the uh, circlet again. It's Batar. Yep. Rhythm of the Lost. And Batar represents being... Wise. And... Learned. Careful. Yeah! <laughs> yeah! <laughs> okay clarifying question. I'm going to stop saying dumb questions because... Yeah, clarifying. The fused are the listeners' versions of Radiance? That is a dumb question. Why? I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm sorry. I'm kidding. <laughs> I trusted you. Yeah, <laughs> there are no dumb questions, only mean sisters. <laughs> We don't know a lot about what the fused are. Okay. They are not listeners. Okay. So, like, sorry, it's it's not that, like, pe- they're not people Venley knows. Okay. They're just here. Yeah. They're so, just here. Sorry. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> listeners, I wish you could have seen my face. So betrayed. <laughs> okay. Uh, thank you so much for doing Oathbringer with me. Mm-hmm. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Good luck to us on ripping through this book in the next. I really think we can. I think we can, too. Because, do you want to know why? Why? I believe in you. (gasps) I believe in you! Ready? Ready! Break!